Hey guys, this is Dale Tedder, and welcome to the Walking Points podcast for today. Today we're going to be doing our series, or continuing our series, How to Be a Real Man, and our focus today is A Powerful and Transformed Life. Uh, Ian Stake will be joining me, and our conversation is going to be around the fact that we know no man wants to fail on purpose, and we all want to tap into the power and the transformation that God desires for us, and that's what we're going to be talking about on today's Walking Points podcast. Hey guys, this is Dale Tedder, and welcome to the Walking Points podcast for today. I am here with Ian Stake. Ian, other than being sick, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. Hey, Dale. <laughs> hey, today we're going to continue sort of our conversation that we began last week on what it means to be a real man. That's kind of what I came down as I was thinking about what to call this. And since you and I laid the groundwork last week about saying that of all the people who've ever lived, you know, the most genuine, authentic man was Jesus. Um, so I thought, well, we'll just call this how to be a real man, at least for a little while, and we'll change it up later. One of the things I want to talk about that we started last week, if we were talking about where men get their identity, um, how men can have peace, how they can have uh, direction or purpose in their life, as well as um, we talked about, we talked about fatherhood a little bit. But I'm going to be using this book um, it's called Man Alive by Patrick Morley. And Patrick Morley is certainly one of the gurus of ministering to men. So I thought it would be helpful. And he's got a great first chapter, and it's called A Powerful Transformed You. And uh, he, asks, he, he sort of begins the, the chapter and the whole book with this phrase, this sentence here. And I wanted to read it because I thought it was good. He said, uh, he begins off by saying there must be more. In other words, this can't be all there is. You know, there has to be more for me, you know, and the idea of a man saying that. He says, most men I talk to are confused about what a powerful, transformed life really looks like, regardless of, regardless of how much I love Jesus they've got. They have high hopes for what Christianity offers, but little to show for it. And I think that's spot on. I know a lot of guys that they love Jesus, but their faith is not producing power in their lives um, or producing <clears throat> purpose or producing peace. And I want us to sort of unpack that not only this morning, um, but, you know, in, in weeks to come. But I, we're going to be talking about this throughout the, uh, the podcast today. But, Ian, what do you think is at the heart of that? Uh, I know we touched on it last week, but if you had a chance to reflect on that about what is it? I just want to repeat that. They're confused about what a powerful, transformed life really looks like, regardless of how much I love Jesus they've got. So they have high hopes for Christianity, uh, but little to show for it. What, what's behind that, do you think? I think sometimes we <clears throat> begin to substitute um, – even with good intent, these other things which can be uh, seductive, like uh, having a great career or finding our identity in that, um, or even being uh, a great father, which is great in and of itself, but that's not going to fulfill us in our ultimate identity, and that is through Christ. Right. So, um, 
sometimes we begin a relationship with Christ, but then start to fill in in a very subtle way our our true identity with other things. Yeah, and they leave us standing uh, standing on some shaky ground. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I I heard a I was listening to a CD this morning, and I heard a sermon, and then I had a meeting this morning at ten um, with uh, somebody who has been working with me um, and helping me out and mentoring me for a while. And it goes along well with what we're going to be talking about. I think one of the big ideas that I'm going to get ahead of myself for just a minute, but Matthew 22 verse 29, Jesus says this, he says, you're wrong because you know, neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And I think one of the things that we want to direct men, and we'll be talking about that is to get them in the word. Because it's not just the word, and they're not just uh, learning information, but they're they're meeting God there, and they're God uses that to help them receive the Holy Spirit to tap into the because it's the Spirit who uh, inspired Scripture and who continues to inspire Scripture as we read it. So as we grow closer with God, um, you know this isn't take two Bible verses and call me in the morning. That's not what we're talking about. But it is the idea that Jesus chastised the people that he was talking to there because they didn't know what scripture had to say. And so therefore they didn't have the power of God to help them understand it and help them you know, to move forward. So that's what I want to unpack a little bit. Um, I'm going to share the screen here and we'll see if I can pull this off. Let's see here. In theory, here we go. Boom. There we go. We did it. Um, this is going to be, like I said, talking about power, a powerful and transform you. But I want to read these off here. Uh, and I want us to kind of to chew on this a little bit. Uh, Pat Morley said that in his, you know, in his ministry, he's sort of come across these things that men struggle with. And I know I've experienced it with guys that I've talked to. And for that matter, I've felt some of these things from time to time. Uh, I'm going to just read them and we can talk about them. I just don't feel like I'm in this thing or I feel like I am in this thing all alone. That is, you know, life or whatever the problem is. You know, some guys really feel isolated. Uh, I don't feel like God cares about me personally. Uh, not really. I feel like my life has a I don't feel like my life has a purpose. It seems random. I have a lot of destructive behaviors that keep dragging me down. My soul feels dry. My most important relationships just aren't working, and I don't feel like I'm doing anything that will make a difference and leave the world a better place. Uh, can you think of other things, or have you, in your, you know, your ministry over the years, if you run in, I know you, you probably would say that you have felt some of these things as well, but oh, sure. Uh, what? What have you learned from guys that you've ministered to over the years about, you know, any of these that stick out to you or perhaps some others that weren't listed here? Um, uh, all of those for sure. And, um, you know, generally I think it's very, it's a very subtle thing that happens. It doesn't, it's not a blatant thing that we pursue these other uh, avenues for identity. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it happens over slowly over time and then maybe it's never corrected until something is drastically wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, you know, it really is interesting after this part uh, of the chapter, uh, Morley starts talking about uh, 
just some really sad statistics about uh, how men have failed, how, how, how they have sort of come up short with being who they want to be. And uh, he says this very powerful sentence. He says, you know, no man fails on purpose. So right. in other words, you know, no guy gets up in the morning and says, you know, how can I really spectacularly let down my family today mm -hmm. right. or really bomb out on the job or, you know, have, have a moral failure or whatever it may be. And so one of the things he's trying to do with this book and what, you know, you and I are doing with this podcast and just our ministries are helping guys understand who they are in Christ um, to claim the power that we have because of that. Um, and then move forward. And so one of the things that he is getting us to think about, and I asked this on the Facebook group for our ministry yesterday, it says, what are the guys who really have it together? Uh, what are they doing uh, that guys who sort of have a spiritual mediocrity aren't doing? Um, or the other one is, what do successful Christian men do that unsuccessful Christian men fail to do? And uh, one of the guys said, you know, stay in God's word, pray constantly. And this was interesting, uh, exhibit a pioneering spirit, which I thought was kind of mm -hmm. interesting. That's good. But, um, how would you answer that, Ian? What are guys doing who, I know that nobody really has everything all together, but guys that seem spiritually mature, who are moving in a good direction, who are walking closely with the Lord. Well, know, what, what are they doing, you think? Right, well, I... What I see is a discipline, and there's a, a regularity to um, and, and a process which they know that they are a part of, and that is that they are being made more and more in Christ's image, and they're co-operating. I love that word, co-operating yeah. <clears throat> uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and a regularity that is making them more and more in that image. So they have regular Bible study. They have regular prayer time. Uh, they have regular worship together with other believers. Um, there's other, perhaps there, maybe no one ever knows it, but they're fasting. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's spiritual disciplines that they are doing. And sometimes uh, you may never know it, but that's their demeanor and their character is a byproduct of that regularity, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that is spot on. I, you really got my thinking going here. Uh, these are guys that tap into the means of grace. Yeah. You know, things that God has provided. But, you know, I was thinking, what if we substituted the word? I mean, not that we ought to, but just for the sake of the conversation, um, means of power. Yeah. That of means for grace, you know, that God has provided ways for us to grow in grace, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Um, but a lot of guys aren't doing that, you know, but you, you said, you know, there's the discipline, there's the consistency, there's the focus, uh, they're in it with other guys, usually. Um, and, you know, I, what is going on in the lives of men that get in the way of them taking advantage of this, this means of grace, this power that God wants to provide for his, for his men out there? That they're just, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute with some scripture that we'll read. But just before we get there, what do you think is going on that gets in the way of guys doing that? Hey, well, gosh, there's a lot of things, aren't there? Um, yeah. Uh, daily life, you know, um, I think it's the the busyness and the worry <clears throat> of daily life where we get 
uh, even with good intention, we, we stay a little later at work. We, we start to fill up our time, which we all have the same amount of time, but we start to fill it up with things that really aren't in the long run developing us into uh, who we're supposed to be as daughters and sons of, of God, you know? So I can find on any given day, it's like, man, I, I haven't even taken a few moments um, to really have quiet time alone with God and listen to what he has to say and be quiet with him and read a scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's simple for those kind of things to get out of routine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we go, well, I'm, I'll just get back to that later. I'll start at the beginning of the year and then a year goes by, (laughs) right? whatever uh, seems to distract us. And I think we're, we're very distracted people. Yeah. That sounds like my exercise plan (laughs) (laughs) next week, beginning Monday. Um, No, I think you're right. It's uh, it is life, um, but it's not just life because the guys that do it well, are also living the same life, right? Yeah, They've it's got not things. that they don't have uh, distractions or challenges or, you know. Yeah, and I up. think it's easy for us to almost treat them as though they don't. Well, you know, you don't know my situation. Well, I may not, but I know my situation, and I know how full it is. And, right. you know, it's interesting. I know, I know when I'm running on fumes and when I am living and ministering out of overflow, you know, of Christ abiding in me and and – I'm abiding in Christ's word. I know when I'm, you know, barely functioning and just the fumes are about to give out. And it's interesting. I know the better way. And yet I take the lesser way mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. And uh, so it's just a good, you know, it's not let's beat up on guys and chastise ourselves for not doing better, but uh, it really, hopefully it's going to be encouragement to, uh, to dig in the word, to be in community, to be in worship, to, be in prayer and all the things we're talking about. So what I want to do is go a little deeper with um, what are those things that guys are wrestling with. Uh, and I'm going to use um, Matthew 13. Uh, first part is three through nine. And then, um, and then 13, 18 through 23. So let me read this. It says, and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed went on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell on uh, fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let him who has ears let him hear. So everybody's scratching their head. What does Jesus mean? There's a little bit about the use of Jesus using, you know, why does he use parables and all that sort of thing? And then he explains this particular one, and um, it, it's a helpful explanation, I think. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and that by itself, the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. 
And then he says, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, and yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And then when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, and another 60, and another 30. And so the three things that jumped out at me, as far as you know, when Jesus gives us sort of the ex- <laughs> gives us the explanation, is you know there is those who are snatched away, uh, falls away, and then choked out. Of course, then we have the faithful one who hears the word, understands it. Um, but the the two that I really want to get in, because I think if we started talking about how are people snatched away, we can talk about that in a few minutes, but. Guys that are on their walk with Christ, they're beginning, they start well, and then Jesus says, you know, one has no root, and so it says he falls away. What, what does that look like practically? How does a guy hear it, hear the word, even has joy over it, but then he falls away? What's going on there? Uh, one of the, there's a few things. One thing that jumps to mind immediately, as far as my practical, um, when the seed <clears throat> planted, is uh, is having community mm-hmm. and being with others who can help even um, what the word is saying and being able to share that together. Because I really believe, um, w- of course, we're designed for relationship with our heavenly Father through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. But then He draws us into relationship with one another. Right, and um, in that process, the encouragement happens, mm-hmm. and the rootedness begins to take effect. And we're not meant to just sort of have this personal, isolated experience. Mm-hmm. I That's think one of the ways. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to think. You know, he talks about the word of the kingdom. You know, the seed is the word, and all the different things that happen to it. And I'm thinking, you know, I've known a lot of people who have started well but they didn't finish well or at least they haven't yet uh some have gone but a lot of them are still around and i think part of that idea of not having encouragement of other men you know we're thinking about men here um whether it's a smaller you know little accountability group uh of guys you know guys are afraid of that word accountability um and it probably has been painted painted uh, with a broad brush and has probably some bad connotations in some respects, but at its best, accountability is a wonderful source of encouragement and uh, just sort of watching over one another. John Wesley always uses that, used to use that phrase, watching over one another in love. And so, for example, this morning, bright and early at Dark 30, I met with a couple guys and we read the scriptures together. We talked about it. Um, but we check in with each other. How are you doing in your faith? Um, are you growing? Are you struggling? What's going on? And I think that encouragement, and then, you know, you can be in a men's group like uh, you and I are on Wednesday mornings or other times where you're with other folks. And it, it helps 
cultivate that joy that we have when we first heard the word and helps us dig deeper and deeper because we want to cultivate that root, you know, so that it's deep, so that the sun can't scorch it out because it's, you know, it's shallow. And a lot of people, in my experience over the years, they start off well, but because they don't have that, um, those other brothers to help encourage them, and they're not doing it on their own. So they're genuinely excited when they start. They know this is a good thing for my life. So it's not as though they're faking it. They know, hey, this is good for me. I, I feel close to the Lord right now. But that heat, you know, I'm just wondering what might Jesus be thinking about? What was he, what did he have in mind, do you think, when that idea of the sun that just bears down on it? And because it's not deep, it just you know, withers away. I, can you think of anything? What, what might he be thinking? I'm just I'm putting you on the spot with that, but I just yeah, wonder. no. Well, I think the heat can be, um, gosh, a lot of the the anxiety and pressure we feel um, from around the world, as well as this, no doubt about it, uh, the one who comes to steal the seed is our right. enemy. That's right. And uh, to be very cognizant of, like, hey, there's a lot at, at play here with um, the God who intends us all kinds of good and favor and our enemy who does not. Yeah. And he seeks to bring an end to that seed growing and uh, will provide all kinds of distraction and a discouragement and doubt and you name it. Yeah. Um, Cause he does not want that seed to grow. That's you know? interesting. I'm, uh, I'm teaching screw tape letters in a couple classes and uh, it's about a senior demon training this junior demon on how to tempt people to first and foremost, keep them away from Christ. But then if they blow it, you know what to do once they become a Christian and CS Lewis says <coughs> in part of the book, he says, you know, some people don't believe in the devil. And uh, he says, you know what? The devil's fine with that. <laughs> you know, he actually prefers it that way. You know, some people become too obsessed with the devil, but some just, yeah. I don't believe him, uh, believe in him. And he said, he's fine with that. He can do a lot of good work. Since, right. since you don't believe it begins, uh, uh, lives to begin with. Um, but I, I do think he, not only does he snatch it away before it can take root, which would be a whole conversation in and of itself, but yeah, he's not done if someone does start out with joy. Mm -hmm. And so I was just thinking, you know, if you feel like you're, you're under the intense heat of the sun, you know, that can be circumstances. It can be you know problems that we have, things that we're struggling with. If we're not going deeper with Christ, if we're not digging in and really growing our roots, then we, you know we will dry up after a while because we can't sustain the constancy of that, you know the the sun's heat uh, in that situation. But the next one he talks about is. Um, you know, those who were choked out, and he talks about thorns and things like that, and he uh, gives us a little help here with what he's talking about. He talks about the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out uh, the word, and so what, give us some an example or two. What do you think he's talking about there? Well, um, we were just in Guatemala this summer, and um, we, we've, uh, you know, our church has been going for about 10 years, 
And it's always such a blessing to be, be in these places that have very little materially, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're lucky to have clean water yeah. and we have helped in that process, et cetera. But, um, the joy that most of these communities experience by uh, coming together and these small churches that we help, um, you know, the churches already exist, but we help build some structure that they can worship in. Right. But it's amazing. They're so unfettered and uh, unencumbered mm-hmm. by all the things that we think are such privilege, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's an eye-opening experience for a lot of folks who are, you know, used to being on social media all the time and uh, or go, go, go and have a schedule full of things and to step into a world that's very simple and to experience the joy and uh, the beauty of uh, just living in the moment. Yeah. And um, oftentimes you have to literally get out of our um, surroundings totally to even understand it. So I think the busyness, the anxiety of the world is all about us. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is that kind of um, vine and uh, that, that we don't even know how entangled we are in it. Yeah. You know? All right. Um, well, you know, there's, think, uh, that's the, one of the biggest threats to particularly American Christianity and particularly with men mm-hmm. who's faithful um, yeah. today in this country. You know, it's become popular to talk about, you know, well, that's a first world problem. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you go down to Guatemala, all right, they may not have, they've got plenty of things they're struggling on. But I think one, yeah. of, the, one of the things that they, that deceive us, you know, here uh, where we live is we don't have the same problems as those folks in other parts of the world. But the problems we do have, we think will, uh, provide the solution themselves you know it's if you're in a third world and you've got all these things you know where am i going to get my next bite to eat uh, or shelter or other struggles they have there's a real they sense the dependence they have on god and mm-hmm. they're, they're going to turn to god but i think a lot of times you know in our, our neck of the woods here we turn to stuff or right. we turn to, you know, and we try to solve it without necessarily seeing God as the one we have to lean on. And uh, so when those things don't work, those, you know, the riches deceive us. Right. You know, that the, uh, you know, here we are in a very sophisticated part of the world and, you know, all the technology we have and all the great things that we have. And I, I enjoy these things. <coughs> if we're not careful, these things can deceive us. And I think oh, yeah. one of the things he's getting at. Well, hey, I want to, let's see here. Jesus, this is what I was referring to earlier, where it says, uh, Jesus says, you're, you're wrong because you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. And so one of the things we're going to be talking about is how the word of God is that seed that we want to, we want it to dig deep. We want it to take root and we want it to provide power and direction and all that God wants uh, for us, you know, in Second uh, Timothy, he says it's the, it makes us wise unto salvation, and it equips us for every good work, and so we want to know the word better, and so some of the things that he's going to be talking about throughout the book, and that you and I will uh, unpack in the weeks to come, are these uh, seven things here. <clears throat> he calls these, um, how does he put it, 
These are the primal needs that guys have for a powerful spiritual life. And by primal, he just says, you know, that which is most basic about us. And so the first one, to feel like you don't have to do life alone. Number two, to believe, uh, really believe that God loves and cares about you personally. Number three, to understand how your life has a purpose and that it's not random. Number four, to break free from the, dis the destructive behaviors that keep dragging you down. Number five, to satisfy your soul's thirst for transcendence, awe, and communion. Number six, to love and be loved without reservation. And number seven, the last one, to make a contribution and leave the world a better place. So according to Morley, those are seven you know, primary needs that guys have that they're not they're not really tapping into, they're not really understanding, they're not living into. And so one of the things that I hope you and I can do in the weeks to come is, you know, unpack those one at a time, try to understand them a little better and perhaps provide some help for guys uh, in the weeks to come. But uh, anyway, Ian, go drink some orange juice and take some chicken soup. Uh, and I hope, I hope you feel better, but thanks for hanging out today and helping me talk about this. It's been a pleasure. I cannot wait to press into this, this is gonna be, um, I mean, personally, I'm excited about it. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to friends and folks uh, and people we don't even know uh, watching this and hopefully hearing what God has for them. It's, um, there's a lot of good stuff that uh, we're gonna to learn together. Yeah, I think so, I'm looking forward to it. So guys, if uh, this uh, adds any value to your life, I hope you'll consider subscribing and check out my website at daletetter.com. There's some great resources there to help you grow in your faith. But uh, until next week, look forward to seeing you then. And uh, Ian, feel better. Uh, thanks, Dale, yeah, I will. Talk, talk to you soon. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's Walking Points podcast. And if there was anything that added value to you, I hope you'll uh, take it and try to apply it in your life. Perhaps share it with a friend. Either way, I hope you will uh, consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with others. Appreciate you coming by today. If you need to uh, want to ask any questions of Ian or of me, you can get in touch with us through my website, daletetter.com, daletetter.com, and then you can connect with us uh, there. So guys, thanks so much for being with us today and look forward to being with you next time.